0: Hi everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Hustle Like Hannah, your how-to guide on turning your creative side into a business opportunity. Morning Hustlers, happy Monday, I hope you're doing okay and I hope you've had a good week. I feel like the past week has just really been full on for one reason or another. So obviously on Monday following the last episode, obviously, as I mentioned, it was International Women's Day and it was the day that a lot of children in the UK were going back to school. So that in itself was, I'm sure, a very hectic Slightly stressful, maybe anxious day for a lot of people. But then on Monday evening in the UK, we also had the airing of the Harry and Meghan interview with Oprah Winfrey. Now, I know this did actually air the night before in the States, but this was when we all got to see it. And I think it's safe to say, judging by my social media news feeds and homepages, that it definitely divided the opinion of a lot of people. I'm not going to go into, you know, whose side. Quote unquote, or anything I am on, because that's not what this podcast is about. But I think it's good to just kind of, you know, bring it to the forefront a little bit. And obviously, in the news, it's been following the absolutely devastating story of Sarah Everard, which has led to a lot of women in particular speaking out about their experiences of, you know, being followed down the street or being harassed or abused or you know, whatever their experiences are. And it's sad to hear that so many people have had an experience that has caused them some level of trauma. But it's also so admirable that so many people are talking about it and trying to do something to rectify this problem that we've got. So that's, I guess, a positive spin on such an absolutely heartbreaking story. So, If we move on to more positive things now, because obviously we don't want to focus on all the negative things going on. Earlier this week, I received a phone call from Ellie, who is the host of BBC Radio Sheffield's Upload Show. Now, if you follow my social media pages, you will have seen me talking about this already. So this won't come as a surprise to you. But for those of you who don't, I am actually going to be featuring on BBC Radio Sheffield's upload show this coming Thursday between 9 pm and 10 pm UK time. And I'm so excited. It's an opportunity to hear a little clip from the show. And then Ellie and I will be chatting just very briefly about the show, why I started it, some of my guests, things like that. And it's just a great way to hopefully invite even more people into our hustlers community. So, If you are free between 9pm and 10pm UK time, this coming Thursday, so that's the 18th of March, I'd really appreciate it if you could tune in to BBC Radio Sheffield so you can access it on the BBC Sounds website, or even if you can't, tune in for one reason or another I'd really really appreciate it if you could go to the post that I put out yesterday or I will be putting one out later this week about it if you could just you know show it some love drop a comment drop a like even share it onto your profile honestly anything like that will be so supportive and I would just really really appreciate it and one final thing obviously in the UK we had we celebrated Mother's Day yesterday so Obviously, I saw loads of people posting pictures with their mums and having, like, afternoon tea or, take like, well, not going out for lunch, but having a nice lunch with them or wishing them well if, you know, unfortunately they can't see them at the moment. And I had a lovely weekend. So, on Saturday, I met my stepmom for a socially distanced natter over cake and hot drink and that was lovely. We just had a good old chin wag. we ate some cake, I drank some hot chocolate. It was a bit chilly but you know we were wrapped up and we were prepared for that. And then yesterday my grandma came over, she is in our social bubble so don't jump on my back about having people round at the house who aren't supposed to be there. My grandma came round and My mum, my grandma and I, we had a takeaway lunch. So there's a country pub not too far from where we live who were doing a Mother's Day menu. So we had a takeaway lunch from there and oh, it was just so nice to have some proper good quality food that one, we didn't cook and two, didn't require us to do much washing up afterwards. Honestly, oh, I can't tell you how great it was, but it was so nice to just have a bit of a chill day and a chill weekend in general, really. So enough about talking about what's gone on this past week. Today is Monday, so it's time for a brand new week, brand new goals, fresh mindset and all of that kind of stuff. So, without further ado, allow me to introduce you to this week's guest. So, today I am chatting to Tara Hudless from Tara Hudless Coaching and my mentor finder. Like myself, Tara has been a dancer since early childhood and dance has always been a key part of her life. In 2005, she turned this love of all things dance and fitness into the Real Fitness Company, which later became Real Dance Fitness when the focus of the business honed in on dance specifically. But this isn't the only business Tara has in her arsenal, as she's also expanded her dance fitness company into an events branch called DanceHenParty.com. She started an entirely separate business called My Mentor Finder and even worked as a wedding planner and events manager, all while she was establishing a corporate career and since the recording of this conversation between me and Tara she has actually also launched another business called Viva Cinch which is a health and well-being platform offering mindfulness tips, fitness classes, life hacks, retreats and so much more. It definitely sounds like she's got a lot of experience and wise words to share with you today so let's crack on. <laughs> Hi Tara how are you doing? Hi good thank you and thank you for that
1: warm introduction.
0: No problem so obviously that's a little bit of an insight into you and what you've achieved but you know yourself and your journey far better than I do or the listeners do so why don't you just tell the listeners a little bit more about yourself and a little bit more about what it is that you do.
1: Sure thank you so I think I'll start with kind of post-graduation So my degree was in recreation management which was not my initial intention. I started off to do music industry management but the course that I was doing it was quite a long way from home and actually it was really expensive to live um, away from home in the south so I kind of backtracked a little bit and finished my degree at Sheffield Hallam University. So I started off in I guess you could call it corporate life in a hotel doing the wedding and events but other side of that I'd started teaching fitness and dance and also like a lot of recent students working behind the bar and there's lots of different things going on and I think when I was younger I wasn't really confident to do things like teaching I wouldn't have ever it wouldn't have ever occurred to me to do it and to be honest I can't really think why it was that I moved into teaching because I remember doing my exercise to music qualification and actually feeling really embarrassed of having to demonstrate in front of people and give teaching points so it was it was quite a painful journey actually to get into it but obviously as time's gone on I did learn to love it and I think forcing myself to do that really pushed me to go forward with other things and so alongside that I've always had a kind of proper job as my mum and dad would have called it I suppose <laughs> uh, and I, I kind of found over time that I didn't want to give either of them up so that's why they morphed you know one thing into the next and then I started Tara Huddles coaching because I wanted to help people who'd had a similar experience really you know people who've got very diverse experience or weren't particularly confident to be able to make the most of what their background and skill set was because that One thing I think people have often thought about me is that, oh, you know, I'm a bit of a jack of all trades. I've done loads of different stuff and don't really stick to anything. But actually, I've been really successful in quite a few different things. And so I wanted to find a way of making that all work together.
0: Mm. That sounds good. So obviously, thinking along the dance and the fitness side of things, obviously you did that kind of on the side alongside your, as you say, quote unquote, proper job so yeah. <laughs> you danced from being a young age so did you always yeah. think that you would kind of weave that into your work somehow or did it just sort of happen by chance
1: uh I think it happened out of necessity to be honest yeah I, I never really intended to do anything with dance at all apart from doing it for my, the love of it really and I used to perform when I was in an operatic society and things like that when I was younger and then when I graduated I mean it's quite hard to find a job in events to be honest I think you've had a similar sort of background so you know you'll understand this better than anybody but it's because I was still living in Derbyshire at the time so I ended up working in Sheffield but there are a limited number of jobs you can really do so I managed to get my first job really in a hotel was only 20 hours a week Mm. so I started teaching to sort of supplement that on the side, because I didn't want to carry on doing bar works, I was kind of in the office in the day, and then working, you know, till midnight, one o'clock in the morning, and then having to get up for the office again the next day, and it was a little bit much really, I decided then to kind of see what I could do as a part-time teacher, and kind of went freelance, uh, and that's how I got into it, but yeah, I think it's now, I suppose I really enjoy it, and I do love it. Now, but it wasn't, it was never really my my intention to do that at all. In fact, when I first started my A levels, I wanted to be a lawyer and then realized that I hated the law. So I, didn't, <laughs> didn't pursue it. I just couldn't deal with all the case law. And oh gosh, no, it was so boring for me anyway. So, uh, no, it wasn't my thing at all. Yeah.
0: So, the fact that obviously you turned it into a career out of necessity, do you still? partake in like dance and fitness just for yourself as a hobby or do you kind of do other things now as a bit of a way to wind down?
1: No I still dance I still yeah I had a little break just maybe a year or two where I didn't go to any classes which was it was just logistics really I was moving around quite a lot Mm. but I think since I was five and I'm 41 now I think I've maybe had two or three years maximum where I've not been dancing so I do I take the classes in different ways now so when we could go into London still I would go to pineapple at weekends and you know various other kind of independent classes I tried going back to a dance school but it was it's too formal I think for my lifestyle and because I've got my corporate job you know you can't mm. guarantee you're going to make it to to every class and obviously you have to pay by term. so I've just sort of mixed and matched really and then When lockdown started, I actually started teaching again uh, just on Zoom calls and things uh, for people at work to kind of help them with, you know, being sat at their desk all day or help them to get up and stretch and move around. Because I think particularly at the beginning, people didn't really know where they were. So I just, you know, kind of got back into teaching a little bit then.
0: Yeah. And how did you find
1: uh, teaching on Zoom? Um, I actually think it's all right, to be honest. It depends on the class. So I think for me, because traditionally a lot of my classes, and particularly when I had the hem party businesses, they tend to be, you know, kind of formation dancers. So you'd have people in a group doing different shapes and, and that yeah. kind of thing. So I mean, for that kind of stuff, obviously it's not, it's completely different, but as long as people have got the space, I actually, I actually quite like it. I think there's quite a good sense of community.
0: Yeah.
1: And I actually think I've gotten to know people in my classes better since the lockdown's happened and we've been you know on zoom because I suppose you're kind of in their house aren't you almost it's
0: yeah it in a way (laughs) even though you're not in person it's somewhat more intimate
1: (laughs) yeah exactly yeah she can see the dog walking past or the kids you know running screaming through the the lounge and things like that so Yeah. yeah it's um I actually think I think it's okay and I think some of the classes that I do because they're taught by people that aren't in the distance that I could travel to you know I'm hoping they'll sort of carry on really Mm. because they're really good classes it's good to squeeze it in between things as well so you know I can squeeze a yoga class into a lunch break whereas I couldn't drive to the gym to it because that would then take a couple of hours as opposed to you know the 45 minutes that you're doing actually on the class so yeah I hope that they'll continue actually
0: yeah so in a weird way even though Doing online classes would be adding more to your schedule. It would, in a way, still free up your time because, like you said, you don't have the traveling element of it, do you?
1: Yeah, exactly. And I mean, also, I think if you are doing it as a business, and to be honest, it's so the dance and fitness stuff is something that I'm just starting to reintroduce into my repertoire. But I do think that if you are set up to do it and perhaps you could have you know, the zoom cameras in your dance studio or wherever you teach. It gives you the opportunity to open up your business to a much bigger market because before you only talk to people in your locality, whereas now, now people have gone through this process of setting things up so they can teach online. Actually, there's no reason why you can't continue to do that and actually probably end up making more money out of it. So I think it's in some ways it's been quite a positive step for those kinds of businesses.
0: Yeah, definitely. So thinking back to when you first started teaching your classes and obviously you said the motivation behind starting to teach dance and fitness was like born out of necessity. You just needed like an extra source of income, but you wanted to do something you enjoyed. Was there anything that was actually making you a bit hesitant to actually start that? Anything making you think, "Mm, no, I don't want to do this as a business. I'll just keep this for myself.
1: I think the only thing really was, I suppose, kind of where I'd go with it. Mm. That's why I've never done it full time. I think unless, you know, it is the real passion in your life that you want to, That that's all you want to do, actually, and this is the same working in events. The reason I got out of events is because it doesn't pay that well. Mm. And unless you've got, you know, a big school or you've got a big online presence or other and um, strings to your bow like retreats and things like that i think it's it is not the best paid of industries always and this i mean thinking back of course this was before instagram and before people were teaching on youtube and th- there weren't any online classes when i started teaching yeah so i think that was kind of always at the back of my mind i suppose that's why i pursued the corporate life as well because i you know wanted to have a successful career financially as well yeah But I do think taking that route has opened up the way I look at the business now. So when I look at a fitness business or a coaching business, because I've got that corporate background, I can kind of see other opportunities where now I think if I was to start again, knowing what I know now, I could probably turn that into quite a big business where at the time, I don't think I was worldly enough. I just don't think I'd got you know, the right business training or the right experience. And I wasn't confident enough, to be quite honest. So, you know, it took me probably two or three years to really feel, you know, well, not feel sick, to be honest, before I started free <laughs> class. I used to be sick with nerves before, I, you know, whenever I'd got a class coming up. So I think that part of it obviously terrified me. I, I was worried that people wouldn't like it and they wouldn't come back and nobody would turn up and, you know, all of these sorts yeah. of. I so it's classic imposter syndrome as we know it now. But um, yeah, it was a bit of a rocky ride at the beginning.
0: Yeah. So was there anything in particular that you did to kind of help yourself overcome that? Or was it just a case of letting time do its thing?
1: I think it is a bit of both, really. But um, the thing I would always say to anybody that has difficulties with confidence, you know, standing in front of people is the only way you can really get past that is to do it. And I mean, even now, sometimes I think, oh, you know, that didn't go as well as I would have liked it to, or and you know, some classes that you decide to put on, they're not as not as popular as others. And I think you learn to not take that personally.
0: Mm.
1: I, I think at first, you know, it's it's all about you, and you d- you don't kind of realize that people have got lives and there's other things going on, and it's not about you really. It's about what they've got going on in their life. And you know, on a, on a Sunday when when sunny Wednesday evening, <laughs> actually. It's, quite likely they're sat in a beer garden with their, yeah. their partner rather than coming to your Zumba class or whatever but yeah I, I do think it, you have to push through and I had a, a real turning point actually with this hmm. which was nothing really to do with the dance side of the business at all but it was when I got my first real corporate job I started working at Klein in 2008 I think yeah 2008 so I qualified as a dance well as a fitness instructor so the exercise to music I did in 2005 and so this is kind of four years later by this point. And yeah. I, <laughs> so I didn't know this. I went to work there as a, a pharmaceutical salesperson. Mm. The premise of which, because I'm going to explain this, some people will know, but I did have no idea until I started working there. You can actually get a job driving around doctor surgeries, telling them about medicine. And I, <laughs> I got a friend who did this and thought this was the most brilliant idea ever. So off I went to this interview. What I didn't realise when I got there is that we were going to have to do videoed role plays. So they would either have somebody acting as a doctor or a nurse or they would bring a real one in. And in order for you to pass this course and be allowed out into the world to, to actually speak to real clinicians, you had to pass this assessment. Well, I was... At horrified and I, I don't think I can really there aren't words to explain to you how mortified I was by the idea of having to do it and I went back to the hotel that night we we're coming to the end by that point of it. what was a nine-week residential course oh god and I remember yeah I remember sitting in in the hotel room and just sobbing and just I said to my friend you know I don't think I can honestly do this I just don't know I'm, I'm so embarrassed by that, like, you know, I was painfully shy as a child as well, which hmm. kind of occasionally does come out in various ways. But I just sat there and thought, well, I've quit my other job. I either have to go in there and just get on with it or I'm going to have to just quit and go home. So <laughs> there isn't really a choice. And I think that was the real turning point for me because I'd done something that, and I mean, some people, this will sound ridiculous because people video themselves all the time now, but it just wasn't, to me, that was almost the worst thing that they could have done. I think I'd have rather taken my clothes off and run through the office naked than (laughs) this video thing. But yeah, so I think that that was the real turning point. But you you do have to, at some point, you have to decide whether what you wanna do is important enough to you that you're prepared to get uncomfortable and it's about that pushing past that point where you know you feel that discomfort
0: with something yeah I can completely empathize with you on that because that honestly sounds like my worst nightmare is having to be in a room full of people and you have to then start acting things out because it's like it just feels really (laughs) fake and you're like why am I doing this but I completely get what you mean like sometimes you've just got to push past that barrier and then once you've done it the first time every time you're faced with something difficult after that you you have that frame of reference to be like well I didn't think I could do that but I did so odds are I can probably do this now as well so yeah my um,
1: friend actually so the friend who had come to visit me actually that day
0: mm
1: -hmm. he's in the RAF in air traffic control and whenever I would say something you know I can be quite a drama queen I think that's (laughs) fairly well accepted by most people and whenever I would say something he would just say to me nobody died and that's (laughs) kind of it's almost like a tongue-in-cheek kind of air traffic control thing you know if they've had a a near miss at work with planes and things like that and it's I guess for them it's a it's a way of sort of dealing with the, the pressure and the stress of the situation but he would say that to me and then actually over time I would hear his voice in my head whenever I had to do something I didn't want to do and I'm like you know I'm probably not going to die from this it's going to be okay I'm just gonna (laughs) I'm gonna go out there be mortified I'll probably blush you know my there might be a few tears afterwards but actually I won't die at the end of the day from having to go through this you know mortifying experience so you just it's perspective really.
0: Yeah and just branching off of that I can't remember who it was that said it to me because it was years ago now but I remember I think I got really upset about something which at the time felt really like oh no the world is ending but looking back it was probably something very trivial and I just remember someone it might have even been like a teacher at school or something and they were like has the sky fallen down has the ground broke beneath (laughs) your feet no like basically just like it's okay just get over your meltdown sort of thing (laughs) and I still remember that I still remember that now to this day
1: yeah, it's like that chicken licking story you read when you're a kid. My, my brother's actually just bought the book for my niece mm. and she's, uh, the story in there is this chicken who's running around with an acorn sitting on the head and he's running around going, oh my God, the sky is falling down. And it's, it always makes me think of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so thinking about,
0: you know, from when you first started teaching your dance classes on the side to where you are right now, if you can pinpoint sort of one thing or a series of things what would you say has been your biggest success or the thing that you're most proud of
1: Ooh, um, that's a tough one and th- there are things that I'm proud of in my businesses and also you know in my corporate career and I think the two things have helped each other because where I've not had confidence at work actually le- having leadership skills outside of work have helped me to kind of push forward in my corporate career and you know vice versa things that because in my day job I deal with you know multiple million pound deals so at the minute I've got 14 customers I would say in the last six months I've probably closed in the region of about 12 million pounds worth of business. Wow and that's quite scary in itself (laughs) when you know that you know the, the decisions that you make and the deals that you close or don't close are potentially affecting share prices of that company. But then Having that kind of confidence that I can do things has really helped me to sell my own businesses. I think one thing I am proud of is a lot of the speaking that I do is voluntary. So I I do speaking to quite a lot of charity. Well, not really charities. One's a charity, one's more of a social interest kind of place. Mm. And, you know, giving time to help people who are kind of of coming up behind you almost. I always remember this quote that said, you know, when you reach the top, send the lift back down to the others Yeah. and particularly for women in business as well because although things are changing it's, it's not been the easiest ride and so being able to mentor people and be able to speak and give people advice actually is something I am really proud of and it's not something I would have ever given myself credit to, to be able to do mm. it was only because I was asked to do it by somebody that I even started and it was from that that I then began coaching other people because you know the first one went really well and then somebody asked me for my help and then that kind of snowballed really so yeah it's from certainly from a corporate point of view and from the coaching side of things that's I think it's that people seeing like looking at me seeing what I, I do and what I talk about and thinking actually I think this person could really help me do something like that and that is something that I would have never imagined so and then that then led on to the mentor finder which is kind of a another layer again on top of that sort of idea of of helping other people who are you know starting out
0: yeah that's really good so the coaching side of things is it like primarily business coaching that you provide or is it just kind of like coaching on whatever area you think you can help that person with
1: it really depends so i i would always obviously help people out that have got needed some help with I know, pharmaceutical business or corporate careers so i think when you're in a very large multinational like i am and i have been for a few roles navigating through that organisation can be quite difficult and the politics of it and you know how to be visible at work when you are working from home i mean of the last Thirteen years. I have only worked in an office for one year, mm-hmm. so it's making sure that you know how to promote yourself within that company, even if you're not in sales. You know, you've got to make sure that you seem to be doing the right things and and all of that. So there's there is that side of it. I also will help people with small business coaching. So anybody who's looking to start up a business or feels like they're stuck in their business, just to kind of help give them a bit of a kickstart there. And then. I suppose given given the amount of different things that i do one other thing that i do help people with is kind of more down the life coaching direction which is helping people to you know manage their different elements of their lifestyle how to prioritize things um and i'm actually just at the moment i'm training as a mindfulness practitioner so i'm going to then start adding some mindfulness coaching into the repertoire as well
0: yeah i think that's really important at the moment Probably more so now than ever, because obviously, with the events of the past year that everybody's experienced, I think everybody is so much more in touch with how important mindfulness is and really yeah, looking yeah, after definitely. your mental health
1: yeah there's been i think i mean I've been really lucky I have to say it considering how difficult this time has been for other people and I mean, I've had my personal challenges, you know during this time, my dad's become really ill, and I've not been able to see him and things like that. Mm but actually we live in a house where we we're near to fields I've got a dog so it's perfect excuse to go out (laughs) and there's just the two of us in the house so you know we're not having to juggle homeschooling all this stuff as well but Mm. even at that there are days when actually you just feel really down don't you with the lockdown it's yeah there's no real reason for it you're just not just, I don't know not, I hate to use this expression because it's so kind of social media but you know when you're a bit meh and yeah. that's exactly what it is it's like there's nothing really wrong but
0: I think it's the element of the fact it feels like groundhog day sometimes yeah, and you're just definitely. you're stuck in this cycle of <laughs> we wake up we live the lockdown we go to bed
1: repeat <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> yeah, I can't even go out somewhere different to eat or you know and it, yeah. I mean, in a way I, I kind of look at it and think you know they are really trivial problems compared to what the people are going through but Mm. actually you know it doesn't mean that you don't feel those things some days and so and because I've always done yoga as well or for you know probably the last 15 years mindfulness isn't really a new concept to me but I've just become more interested I think over the last year in in the different elements of it and how it can help in different parts of your life and you know how easy it is to kind of Mm. focus in on that mindful thing I, I started last January my friend bought me this little deck of cards which was a 31 day mindfulness challenge and one of the things was just lighting a candle and then just sitting and kind of really focusing on the movement of the flame and things like that and actually you know when you're really stressed stuff like that really does help yeah just to kind of really focus away from real life and just away from everything else that's going away and that's something you can do in 10 minutes and Mm. those sorts of techniques I think have really helped a lot of people yeah yeah
0: yeah definitely so I'm sure once you've finished your course and you're fully qualified I think you're definitely going to do well with uh, with that aspect as well. So thinking about what you've just talked about in the what has been the biggest success for you, flip side of that obviously COVID aside business in general doesn't always bring you wins and the days when you do the happy dances so <laughs> yeah. What would you say has been one of the biggest obstacles or challenges that you've had to overcome in your business?
1: To be honest, probably financial things. Um, it's when you are trying to do something with nothing, I think that that's always difficult. And I mean, I've had my ups and downs and I didn't come from you know, a wealthy family or anything. So I didn't really, it's not like I had an S to kind of start any of these businesses with. And then actually, <laughs> when I moved back to London in 2015, I actually moved because I left my husband. So I was getting divorced. So mm. financially, that was also a really difficult time. And then I then got made redundant from a job I'd only been in for eight months. Oh. And I, so, yeah, it, was, it wasn't the best time of my life. I'm not going to lie. And at that time, so I'd left I kind of, at that point, that's when I closed the dance hen party business, because going through a divorce, I wasn't really up for (laughs) fun dance workshops with loads of excited hens. Um, And also, having moved from Somerset to London, the difference in how much you pay per click on Google and things like that is so much higher in London because it's so much more competitive. And I just thought, you know what, I can't, there's no way I'm going to be able to do this realistically. I don't know enough people here to do it by word of mouth. So you know, probably going to have to put that on the back burner. And so it's finding then ways that you can make it work without doing that. So finding events companies or, I mean, you yourself have got a dance school, finding people that have already got that mechanism and they need someone to teach a different kind of class, maybe. So there's yeah. that element to it. And then you've, you might not be getting paid as much per hour for it, but you are getting the marketing with it so you know it's really looking for those different ways of of still marketing yourself and still getting your name out there that aren't going to cost you the earth and I mean at the time then I mean now I've got a, a beautifully constructed corporate website and um, for my own businesses but at the time I couldn't afford it so I, I got a, a free package from Wix and learned to do it myself and with things like with a web builder you know it's literally a matter of typing some text in dragging a photo in and then you know away you go buy a domain it's probably like 12 quid four pounds a month to host it and you're away and it it's easy when you start a business to think that you need to spend loads of money on branding and marketing and of course you need your branding to be right but you also really need to not be put off by financial obstacles Mm.
0: yeah definitely I I know my website is just done by Wix because obviously I don't have loads of funds to be able to pay like proper web designers but it is pretty easy to do like as long as you've got an idea in mind of this is the information I need to put out there these are some pictures to go with it this is how I want it laid mm-hmm. out and it, it it does really help you do it so I'm always a big advocate when people are like oh I need a web designer and and but I've only got a budget of this I'm like well why not just at least try try it yourself you, you might be surprised of what you can actually what you can actually publish
1: yeah and it's a really good although we should have got this podcast sponsored by which shouldn't we because I'm going to go on about it (laughs) (laughs) but actually I think that when you get to do it yourself you can really tweak it to what you want I mean I really like my website it is amazing but if it was something I could mess with myself I probably would change bits of it Mm. you know because you make them very personal to you don't you and although that that can be a blessing and a curse because you can go too far but yeah um, actually it's really nice to have that control and have that kind of artistic control of what you're doing so yeah it is easy to be put off, but like like yourself you know you've got your business I've had a look at your website you know it's lovely it's it does what it needs to do it's got a lot nice pictures on it it's got all the information oh thank you very much <laughs> that, that's what people that's what people need isn't it <laughs> yeah
0: exactly, exactly so now that you've shared with us your sort of biggest success and the biggest obstacle that you've had to overcome what would you say are first of all some pros and cons of being your own boss but second of all the pros and cons of being your own boss in a creative industry so
1: this is a really kind of easy one for me to answer to be honest because I've kind of got the best of both worlds because I've got the corporate career and I've also got a creative role as well. Mm. The I mean, the, the pros of it, obviously, are that you are in charge of your own destiny, that for all the ups and downs. And I mean, I had a bit of a tantrum the other night, actually, because one thing you cannot rely on when you've got a business is your friends and family. And that sounds horrible, <laughs> but they will not share your posts. They will not like your you know stories. They don't really care. Apart from the first week. (laughs) And unless you've got something that people, you know, desperately want to buy every day, like, I don't know, COVID vaccine, for example, (laughs) people just forget about it. It's not on the top of their priority list. As much as they might like you, Mm. actually, they they kind of almost don't care. So it's that kind of you're in control of everything, but actually, in some ways, you're in control of nothing. So it's kind of you can do what you like, but you've still got to do what other people like and what they want to buy as well. And I think one of the kind of the downsides of it is sometimes having to make the decision not to do something exactly the way you'd want it, but doing it the way that it's going to be profitable. Yeah, That's really hard. I think the other side of it, of course, and I mean, people have seen this this year in particular is when something does go wrong, you, you know, you kind of don't have an income. I mean, I used to live in fear of, you know, breaking my ankle or, or hurting my back or something like that and not being able to teach. Mm. Um, but actually a lot of people who I've worked with in the West End and, you know, people that have, have got events business, the first ever events business I worked for, they haven't worked since March. Mm. So, you know, I think for some people it's been great. I mean, for some people they've managed to go online, they've managed to, you know, keep going. But there are certain things that you just can't do if you can't do it in person. And I suppose looking back now, I am glad that it's a side hustle at the moment, but what it has taught me is that if I ever decide to leave corporate life, I'll make sure that my business has got an online element and some element of residual revenue. Yeah, Something that keeps it ticking along, that's not reliant on face-to-face contact yeah Um, but I don't in all honesty I don't see that happening in the next five years unless something huge happens (laughs) yeah yeah
0: Yeah. I think it's all about it's a very cliche expression but it's about not putting all your eggs in one basket and kind of covering covering different bases so would you say that you have enjoyed doing it as a side hustle alongside a sort of sturdy corporate career or Are there ever times when you think, oh, do you know, I I wish I kind of did this more full time, actually?
1: I mean, I go through phases with it, actually. And I do go through phases where I put more and less effort into things. Because, I mean, the bottom line is I have to keep up with my day job. That's the thing, you know, that's what really pays the bills. And then, although I'm doing more work this year in particular, because I've been, I've not been commuting. I've not been driving around to different customer meetings. I've had more time to focus on what I want my business to be about and you know what I might want to do in future because I wouldn't like to think that in another 10 years I'm still slogging my guts out in sales because it is it's stressful Mm. I've been in if we kind of go back to because I was in sales to some extent with the events stuff because you know you have to sell the weddings or the conferences or whatever but so if you think from 2004 which is when I graduated to now I've pretty much been in a sales role that whole time where you've got targets and you know you know that next year if you don't hit your target this year you might not have a job yeah it's just as simple as that you know you're only as good as your last sale whereas if you're doing it for yourself there's still that pressure because of course you've got to make money from it but it's not someone else's decision if you quit or not
0: Mm, Yeah.
1: So I think, yeah, I think it's a good thing to have and be- particularly for the kind of business I have now where it's more coaching orientated, you can decide to do more or less of it. But yeah, I-, I think particularly after the COVID things happened, I'm not in any rush to go full time at the moment. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's, it's, it keeps me not bored. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, it is, but I'm not ready to take that leap. Um, I I suppose as
0: well it probably helps you maintain that enjoyment from it because I know I was working another job when I first started my business and I always looked forward to teaching my classes and don't get me wrong I still not that I've really been teaching at the moment because of COVID but I still enjoy it but since I left that other job and went self-employed full-time there were times when I just thought oh I'm not even enjoying this right now. Like this is just causing me too much stress. So I think doing it on the side probably has helped you, like you say, keep that passion going.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think you always assume that the grass is greener as well. That's just human nature. But when I worked, I worked in the West End. At I won't name the musical because of what I'm about to say. But even you know, you look at these people who are dancers and singers and actors, and you think god they must love life Mm. but even they would come in on a Friday when they'd already done five shows that week and go oh god I can't be arsed today
0: yeah (laughs) (laughs) you
1: know because it's still work and when you have to do it day in day out some days you don't want to and that's true of any job it doesn't matter what you do whatever your career is doesn't matter how much you love it some days you're just not feeling it and it's that's how life is
0: yeah definitely Okay, so now we've got to the point of the chat where I'm going to ask you to pop on your advice cap. Oh, okay. (laughs) So for any listeners who are thinking of turning their creative hobby into either a full-time business or a side hustle, or maybe they've just started and they don't really know kind of where they're going or what to do or anything what would you say are your three
1: top tips so the first thing and this one is very boring but very necessary is really think about <laughs> tax so make sure you understand what kind of a business you're going to be because if you're doing it as a side hustle and you are a sole trader you may as well not bother <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because they're going to yeah you know, they're going to take nearly half of your um, national insurance and, and tax and, and from your side hustle before you you know you've even made anything so that, that's the first thing you know do you need to be a limited company make sure that you know when you've got to pay for things that you know how you've got to pay for things that you understand the business part of it and that you get insurance those things are i've seen so many people fall foul of this not know that they need a business insurance and these different things but as dull as it is just get that bit out of the way before you do anything else Mm. it's not something you can just do as you go along you you have to know what you're doing up front because without knowing all of that you don't know what you're going to make so you don't know whether it's a side hustle or you can afford to leave work so with that boring bit of advice out of the way (laughs) the second thing I would say is you just need to start you know so many people go oh when I've got more money or when I've saved this up or "or when the kids grow up or when this I've done this course and actually (laughs) you you could do that forever Mm. you know when I set up my mentor finder I launched it in July and because you know that point we're still in lockdown and I said to a friend of mine you know I just don't know whether I should wait till September when everyone's you know back to school or wait until January when people start to think about maybe changing jobs or you know it's just a weird time to be launching a business and he said to me if you launch today there will have been people last month who wanted a mentor and the service wasn't there so they couldn't use it and if you you know launch it in I don't know another year people still will want mentoring that want it you know, there'll, there'll be different people coming and going. It's not like someone sets up and says, I want to find a mentor and they're going to have a mentor for the rest of their life. Mm. People come and go in and out of that. You know, some people need help with, I don't know, setting up a website or how to do marketing for small businesses or they need you to look at their CV and, and help you, you know, write a CV that fits a job description. And these things go around in circles. He said, just, just get on with it. Just do it now. The people that need it now will use it and the people that don't will come when they need it. And so I think that's, that's really important because I could have still been procrastinating with it. <laughs> I'd have been another you know, eight months behind or whatever. So yeah, just, just get started, start with what you've got and just do the best you can. And it will kind of grow from there as long as you, you know, work hard at it. The third piece of advice is kind of goes back to what I was saying about your friends and family is don't ask them for advice for a couple of reasons. Number one, they are going to be worried about you, particularly if you're talking about leaving your full-time job. And so, you know, they'll want to talk you into a safe thing. Mm. And the other reason is they probably haven't got a clue about the kind of business you're trying to set up. (laughs) You know, if if you want advice about a business, find somebody who knows about what it is you're wanting to do. Because, you know, I mean, my dad's a lorry driver. If I want directions, I'll ask my dad. (laughs) If, you know, if I wanted to set up a cake business, I probably wouldn't ask my dad. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's as much as they want to help you and they'll, you know, they'll say, oh, it's a great idea. Or they might even say, oh, that's a terrible idea. It doesn't actually matter what they think. What matters is that you know what you're doing and what you think of it and that you've got an audience for it, obviously. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) If if there's no audience, just give up. (laughs) (laughs)
0: well they are some great top tips thank you Tara so now I'm gonna throw this back over to you again so Mm -hmm. this is your time in the spotlight your chance for a bit of a shameless plug tell people like where they can find you and if you've got any offers on or anything like that basically Mm -hmm. you have the floor so take it away
1: thank you so I think for the the Tara Hoodless part of the business, which is the Tarotless Coaching, we've kind of taken a bit of a step back from online events because the market is very flooded at the moment with everybody trying to do that. But I am putting together an at-home retreat. So working with a beautician friend of mine and also a yoga instructor, we're going to put together a kind of little at-home retreat package for people to have a little, you know, sit-at-home getaway. So that will be appearing on the website probably... In the next kind of six to eight weeks, because we just need to kind of get get our heads around it, so probably by the time this goes out, that will be there for you to book. Also, from on that website, you can, and it is just TaraHoodless.com. You can find my blog. You can also find different bits of career advice and the different kinds of coaching that I offer. So whether that is something very specific like a CV clinic, where you need somebody to you know take a look at your resume and, and help you sharpen that up, or whether it's you're having a career change or you are having some difficulty in your corporate life all of that stuff you can just book a 45 minute discovery call which is completely free just to see if i can help you and if i don't think i can it's not my area of expertise i absolutely will say you know this isn't my (laughs) this isn't my cup of tea let me find you you know try and recommend you to somebody that that can help you with that and then the thing that I'm really putting a lot of focus into at the moment is the mentor finder website so that's mymentorfinder.com so the idea behind this is that anybody and it's it's adults so so 18 age 18 anybody can find advice about different careers or different skill sets regardless of where they live what their background is you know business coaching can be really expensive actually and I didn't have a lot of coaching or mentoring growing up. So I kind of saw this gap. So you can go on there, sign up for you just You just know, put in your details, what you're looking for, and you can match with somebody. It's a bit like Tinder, except you know not creepy. So <laughs> it's, um, you put in your, your skills, what you're looking for, a match with another person, and then you know, you would email them and set up um, an online or a phone chat and, and to kind of take it from there. So that's one aspect of it. And we are looking for mentors and mentees at the moment. So just, you know, the more people, the merrier. And then I'm just about to start launching into the corporate side of that. So if anybody's got a small business or they are a solopreneur or they work for a big business, anywhere where you think skill sharing or finding a mentor or getting access to different people in the organization would be useful. Or if you would like to maybe talk to other business leaders, because, you know, having a small business can be quite a lonely road, actually. It's just yourself, you know, you're the one at the top and there's not a lot of colleagues for you to talk to. So we're offering the basic corporate membership free as a proof of concept. So we just want people to come forward. We'll set up a platform for you to log into and then you can start matching and sharing skills with people either inside or outside of your organisation. And that's the main thing at the moment. But my commitment with my mentor finder is that basic membership For individuals will always stay free although there will be in time you know some paid services some tiered membership coaching and things like that I want to always keep that basic level there so that anybody that doesn't have the financial means to go out and look for those those skills and those resources can do so you know just from a smartphone or from their shared computer somewhere you know I just want it to really be accessible to everybody.
0: That sounds great so for anybody who wants to find out more about either side of tara's businesses i have put all the relevant links in the episode description so it's super easy to find well thank you so much for coming and chatting with me today tara i hope you've enjoyed it that's okay i have
1: thank you good hope it it was useful (laughs) i'm sure
0: i know i'm sure uh, (laughs) i'm sure the listeners will have taken plenty away from this so one final thing before we wrap this up it's Monday morning when this comes out and we want to leave the listeners feeling nice and motivated for the week ahead. So do you have any sort of last little golden nuggets of advice or another favourite quote or just anything that's going to leave them heading into their week feeling nice and motivated?
1: (laughs) I did see something really funny actually this morning for a Monday morning which it said, maybe the day is having a bad you. (laughs) (laughs) So, but no, I I won't leave you with that. I think as it's Monday morning, I think you've got to, you know, you've got to realize that Monday morning can be just as good or bad as any other day. And if you find yourself at the point in any day where you are struggling to concentrate, getting angry, getting irritated, frustrated, bored, just take 10 minutes away, go and stand somewhere quiet or stand outside or scream into a pillow, but just step away. Because the more you keep trying to focus into that that moment, the worse it gets. And that's particularly when you're really busy and you've got so much going on, it's tempting to just kind of keep trying to push forward with that. But my advice is just step away from it. Give yourself 10 minutes at least to just give your brain a break, make a drink, you know, take some deep breaths, whatever it takes, but just give yourself that that mental break from it.
0: Perfect. Thank you. I think everybody can probably put that to good use, not just on a Monday, but any day of the week. So once again, thank you for coming and chatting with me, Tara, and sharing your story and your advice with us. And good luck with your businesses into the future. Take care. Thank you. And you. Once again, thank you to Tara Hudless from Tara Hudlas Coaching and My Mentor Finder for coming and chatting with me today. And thank you all for listening. I hope you enjoyed it and I hope it's left you feeling motivated for the week ahead. Don't forget, if you want to appear as a guest on my show, just drop me an email to hustlelikehannahpodcast at gmail.com containing your name, your business name, and a little bit about your creative hobby to business journey. I am almost booked up for season two in terms of guests, but there's still so many of you getting in touch, telling me that you want to come on the show and share your story so I think it's safe to say that season three will be returning later in the year. Also don't forget as I mentioned in the intro I am featuring on BBC Radio Sheffield's upload show this Thursday between 9pm and 10pm UK time. So if you're not busy during that time, I would really appreciate it if you could just have a listen in and show your support. And equally, if you're not able to listen in, I'd still really appreciate it if you could share all the posts I'm putting out about it on social media. And speaking of social media, if you are on the platforms, please feel free to drop me a like or a follow at Hustle Like Hannah Podcast on Facebook or Instagram or Hustle Like Hannah on Twitter. And on those three channels you can stay up to date about guests that I've got coming on the show, things that go on behind the scenes, Q&As that you can get involved with and exciting announcements just like the BBC upload show. If you want to find out more about my business, just go to www.hannadanieldance.co.uk or search for Hannah Danielle Dance on any social media platform. Now, all that's left for me to say is go out there, smash your Monday, stay creative and keep on hustling. See you next week, everyone.